This is the Ask Pastor Alex podcast with your host, Pastor Alex. All right, welcome back. We're here with another episode and another question. And the question for this episode is, how can I know if I am a lukewarm Christian? That's a good question. And what I want to do is, as we begin to answer this question, and as I begin to answer it, I want you to just stop and think about how you would answer that. If someone were to come along to you and ask you this question, how can I know if I'm a lukewarm Christian? What would be your response? How how would you answer that question? And I think that as we start to answer it, we need to just ask ourselves, well, what does it even mean to be a lukewarm Christian? And as you answer that question, try to see how much of your answer is influenced by cultural understandings. Because if I had to guess, I think most people would answer that question by saying something like, a lukewarm Christian is someone who is not on fire for the Lord. But it's someone who's also not cold toward the Lord either. Uh, This person believes in Jesus and he attends church somewhat regularly, but he's not the most committed or devoted. He's just kind of lukewarm. But my question is this, is that what the Bible teaches about being lukewarm? I know that's the popular understanding and I know it's the popular way to answer that question, but we always have to ask ourselves, is that actually what the Bible teaches? And so what we need to do is actually dive into the passage from which this phrase comes. And this phrase actually comes from the book of Revelation. So Revelation chapter 3, this is uh, the letter to the church in Laodicea. And this is what we read in verses 14 through 16. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, let's just remember the context here. This is the book of Revelation. This is John who is recording the vision that Jesus has given to him to send to the seven churches that are in Asia Minor, one of which was the church that was in the city of Laodicea. And a little bit about Laodicea. They were a really rich city. They were actually pretty famous for a clothing that they made there out of black wool. And that's where a lot of their money actually came from. They also had a leading medical, uh, like a university type place there. Also a leading medical center where they developed a special eye ointment. And so they had a lot going for them. But the downside of Laodicea, the city, was that it didn't have its own natural water source. And so what they had to do was they had to bring in water from other cities through an aqueduct system. And this was pretty common in those days, right? Like most cities would have an aqueduct system for hot water, which was used primarily for bathing and cleaning. And then they would have another one for cold water, which was primarily used for drinking. Well, here's the kicker, okay? As great as Laota seemed to be with all their money and their fancy clothing and their medical university and their eye salve and all this kind of stuff, they were really far away from all other cities. And so by the time the water reached them, the hot water and the cold water were both, you guessed it, lukewarm. And not only that, but since it had traveled such a long distance... It would pick up all these uh, like minerals and kind of bacteria, and if you drank it without first boiling it, it would make you throw up. You would literally have to spit it out of your mouth. And so I just want you to think about our passage real quick. Now, knowing all of that background, think about how much of that cultural context Jesus references in this passage. 
I mean, we have hot water, we have cold water. We have water so gross it makes a person spit it out of their mouth, just as Jesus said that he was going to spit the church out of his mouth. Uh, Later on in the passage, Jesus is even going to reference the city's wealth. He's going to reference their clothing manufacturing and their eye salve. In other words, Jesus knows this city. He knows this church, and he is communicating to them in a way that will make sense to them. They would understand these references fully, even if today we have to do a little bit of research on them. But let's just get back to the water for a second, right? If hot water was good for bathing and cleaning, and cold water was good for drinking, what was the lukewarm water good for? Nothing, right? It was useless water. And we really need to understand this this cultural background in order to understand this passage. Because this passage gets absolutely abused today and totally misunderstood today. Like some preachers will stand up if they're preaching on this passage. You might hear it preached at like a revival meeting or something like that. And they're going to say something like, Jesus would rather you be cold toward him than lukewarm towards him. He would rather you reject him entirely and be against him than be one of these lukewarm Christians. He can stomach a cold person, but he can't stomach a lukewarm person. And listen. I know that there are some churches where that'll preach, and it will preach for a lot of churches, but there are just a few problems with that. First and foremost, does that align with anything else we read anywhere else in Scripture? There is nothing that I have seen in Scripture where the Bible says something like, Jesus would rather you reject him entirely than just be one of these lukewarm people, right? So it doesn't align with the rest of Scripture. It doesn't coincide with the rest of Scripture. The other problem with this is that it totally misunderstands the point of the passage. It misses the entire message that Jesus is preaching and writing to the church in Laodicea. And we see this with our last problem with that approach, which is the fact that we are oftentimes reading something into the text that's not there, right? That interpretation of the preacher who's going to preach this passage in that way, it is based entirely on modern cultural linguistics. Like today, we'll say something's hot if it's really good right? So we're in the midst of March Madness right now. So think about basketball. If a basketball player hasn't missed a single shot all game, people say, oh, he's hot right now. He's got the hot hands right now. He's on fire. We we do the same thing with Jesus. If someone's really passionate about Jesus and the gospel and the kingdom, they'll say that person is on fire for the Lord. Well, we do the same thing, but with cold. And with cold today, we tend to associate it with being bad. So again, if you're thinking about a basketball player, if someone is missing all their shots, you'd say they're cold right now. They're off. Or if someone is cold hearted, that's an insult. So in our modern culture, hot means good and cold means bad. But the problem is no one in the ancient culture would have thought like that at all. They didn't associate hot with good and cold with bad. That is a modern understanding that we have read back into the text. And that's dangerous. That's called eisegesis. When you read something into the text that's not there, what we want to commit ourselves to is exegesis, drawing out from the text what is there so that we can properly understand God's word. Because did you happen to notice when we were reading the passage and when we did all that cultural context and cultural background, did you happen to notice 
that both hot water and cold water are good. Nothing in the passage said that hot water was good, cold water was bad. The background to the passage let us know that hot water is good because we can use it to bathe and clean. And cold water is good because we can use it to drink and be refreshed. The only water that's not good is the lukewarm water. And it's not good because it can't be used for anything. It's useless. And folks, that is the whole point of this passage. I wish people would understand that today, read it that way, preach it that way. Jesus' whole point in this passage is he's saying, look, here's a church that had the resources available to do great things for the kingdom of God, but instead they were like their own sickening water, completely useless. And so to be a lukewarm Christian is to be a useless Christian. It's a person who either does nothing at all or who does the absolute bare minimum. They might attend a Sunday morning service, but that's about it. That's their entire faith. That is the only time they read the Bible. That is the only time they pray. That is the only time they have anything to do with God and His kingdom and His purposes at all. And it's alarming how many people in the church that describes today. And so if that's what it means to be a lukewarm Christian, how can I tell if I am a lukewarm Christian? Well, I would ask you a couple questions. First and foremost, are you giving the bare minimum to the Lord? When you look at your life and you think about what you're doing for God and his kingdom and his purposes, are you giving the bare minimum? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Not not are you doing something for the kingdom of God? My question is, what are you doing for the kingdom of God? Are you currently doing all that you can to demonstrate what life in God's kingdom is like to the world? Right? Because as Christians, as followers, of Jesus, we're called to be imitators of Christ. We're called to reflect his nature and his character to the world. And so when you look at the Gospels and you see all that Jesus did, how he attended to the sick, to the hurting, to the depressed, to the brokenhearted, to the poor, to the needy, to the hungry, to the thirsty, and you see how he cared for them, are you seeking to imitate that and demonstrate that in your life? If not, then you're not aligned with what it looks like to be part of God's kingdom. What are you good for? What's your use? What's your purpose? If you think about these questions, and your answer time and time again is, I am giving the bare minimum to the Lord. I'm not doing anything for the kingdom. I'm not serving a purpose right now. I'm not being useful for God and his kingdom. Well, then unfortunately that would describe a lukewarm Christian. A lukewarm Christian is a useless Christian and I hope that that's not you. So I really do appreciate that question. It's a fun question to answer. I hope that the cultural background of this passage has helped you understand it better and see how important it is to do historical background when you're studying the Bible. And thanks for the question. I look forward to answering more in the future.